Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. So I wanted to share, actually, I'd like to pray. Um, Father, I pray you would uh, anoint my lips, that my words would be your words, and they would minister to uh, all of our hearts, so we can become more like Yeshua for your glory, Father, in Yeshua's name. Amen. I wanted to talk a little bit today about gifts and um, and how we receive these gifts and how these gifts are individualized and specialized. It's also interesting. In my biography, I worked in special education. In special education, really the heart of it is how do you teach people according to how they learn? And there is something to that with the Spirit of God and the giving of His gifts. So I entitled this message, One Spirit, Many Gifts. And uh, it's important to note that each one of us has a particular role to play in the kingdom of God with particular gifts. And I know some, there's often people say, well, what's important is really character. And that's true. Character is the, of the utmost importance, but we shouldn't neglect the gifts. And so we read from the words of Shaul or Paul when he talks about uh he says this to the Corinthians, the congregation in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians 14.1, he says, uh, Pursue love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So he gives us an order of things. And what we keep things in order, therefore we are able uh, to do things the right way and the healthiest way. And it helps us to prevent things from going awry, going strange, uh, because there's always this balance of how are we going to do this and how are we going to do it well and how are we going to keep things from going crazy? Because then people, we often mention the spiritual gifts. People think, well, I've, I've experienced that when I was growing up or I've seen this and I've seen that and I've heard this and I've heard that. And they get very nervous. And I, yes, it's always, it's difficult because we can't contain this. You can't contain the spirit in a box. But it's prescribed within scripture as how to do this well and with a plurality of elders um, and good, solid leadership and a basis on the word of God, we can do this well. So it's interesting to notice the first thing is not a gift, if you will. The first thing is that love. Love is the first of all things. Then we talk about gifts. And then he specifies that prophecy should be on the top of our list. But how did he get here? So I want to go into scripture and talk about this. And talk about exactly these spiritual gifts. So we'll turn our Bibles or our phones. Uh, to 1 Corinthians uh, 12, and we'll be reading uh, from there going forward. So he writes, this is uh, Shaul or Paul writing to the congregation in Corinth. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers I and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed by idols that cannot speak, and you got led astray. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Ruach Elohim, the Spirit of God, says Yeshua be cursed. 
And no one can say Yeshua is Lord except by the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Now, there are various kinds of gifts, but the same Ruach. There are various kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are various kinds of workings, but the same God who works in all things in all people. So it's interesting to note there, he gives this three-corded message or note that it's the same God, same Lord, same Spirit who gives the different kinds of gifts. But to each person is given the manifestation of the Ruach for the benefit of all. So that's the first thing to know, is that these gifts aren't given for popularity, they aren't given for show, they're given to benefit others. So we're received, we receive a gift in a way to give to others. For to one is given the Ruach, through the Ruach, a word of wisdom. To another, a word of knowledge, according to the same Ruach. To another, faith. But the same ruach, which is also interesting to note, all of us have some level of faith, but some of us have been given a gift of faith, and that should be used to help and bless others. To another, gifts of healings by the one ruach, to another, workings of miracles. Just another note is that healings and miracles are not synonymous. There can be other types of miracles that don't necessarily lead to physical or emotional or psychological healing. To another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, right, what's from God and what's not. To another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, which is also important that those who say I have the gift of tongues, that's great. That's part one. But part two, and the essential and very much essential, is that we have the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same ruach activates all these things, distributing to each person individually as he wills which I find this, when I was reading this, is a very encouraging note from Paul that's saying it is his will. So there's no shame or condemnation for what gifts one has or doesn't have yet, or as one's pursuing one, that all is according to his will. So as we, even though we're, dis, we're instructed to pursue them, to desire them, he gives according to his will. And we're going to develop that a little bit further as we go on. Verse 12, so 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many are one body, so also is Messiah. For in one ruach you were all immersed, we were all immersed into one body, whether Jewish or Greek, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one ruach. So we were cleansed by the one ruach, and we were also empowered by the one ruach. Right? Yeshua said, drink of me the water that I give. And when will we receive that? When he's glorified, then the Spirit would fill us. And so it's the same one. The same one who saves us is also the same one who empowers us. Verse 14, for the body is not one part, but many. If the foot says, since I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, is it therefore not part of the body? And if the ear says, since I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body, is it for this reason any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the parts, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. Okay, go same thing as but going back to verse 11. It's all according to his will. If they were all one part, where would the body be? But now there are many parts, yet one body. Right? So God loves this diversity within the unity. Verse 21, the eye cannot tell the hand, I don't need you. Or in turn, the head to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be less important are indispensable. Those parts of the body we think to be less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. 
and our unrepresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no such need. Rather, God assembled the body, giving more honor to those who are lacking, so that there may be no division in the body, but so that the parts may have the same care for one another. It's interesting to notice that if you think about in a professional athlete, there are parts of our body or obvious skills that are clear and are, you know, uh, praiseworthy, obvious. You know, if you think about, say, a, a bodybuilder, right? There are muscles that we can obviously identify, say the biceps or the pectoral muscles. But then to become at the highest level of one skill and development, there are little muscle parts that need to be developed in order to make the package great. Or if we think about a sports analogy, I like sports. Um, think about uh, a team, say a basketball team. You may have the obvious guy. He's the point guard, right? He runs the show and he steers things. But there are certain parts he can't rebound, say, the way that, that he can pass or he can shoot or take someone to shooting guard. Maybe they're not the greatest ball handlers, but they can shoot really well from the outside. Each person plays their part so that the team can function or the body can function at its highest level. And we give honor, we esteem those who may not have the flashiest of positions. Why? So that there's be no division. Our bodies should be unified and working together and each part should care for one another, which is important to know. So continuing on verse 26, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer together. If one part is honored, all the parts rejoice together. So we see this importance, not just of diversity, but of unity and that a care for one another. If the flashy one cares for the less flashy one, and the less flashy one is also instructed to care for the flashy one. 27. Now you are the body of Messiah and members individually. So he sa says to us, yeah, we're both. We're both a collective. We're a group. And we're also individuals within that. God has put into his community first emissaries, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then healings, helps, leadership, various kinds of tongues. All are not emissaries, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All do not work miracles, do they? All do not have the gifts of healings, do they? All do not speak in tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? But earnestly desire the greater gifts. And still, I show you a far better way. So it's interesting to notice that even as he gives according to his will, we have this partnership with God, this instruction from God himself to pursue greater gifts. Not for the sense I need to be better, but it's pretty neat that he says, I want you to desire greater things. But then he tells us that, that what is the way in which we do this? How is it possible? And he says, so he says, I will still show you a far better way that the greatest of all things is not a gift as we perhaps understand them. But here with this famous passage, in 1 Corinthians 13, which is put very appropriately within two chapters dealing with gifts, because without love, we're going to find out what these gifts really turn into. So 13.1. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, which would be pretty cool, but have not love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Now, I have four children. Yes, my website needs to be updated. Four children, and they love to make noise. And it grates on my ears. And my wife and I cringe at times and say, stop making noise, please. That's equivalent to what it's like to speak in tongues without love. Verse 2, if I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. 
If I give away all that I own, and if I hand over my body so I might boast, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not brag. It is not puffed up. It does not behave inappropriately. It does not seek its own way, right? It's seeking to benefit others. It is not provoked. It keeps no account of wrongs. It does not rejoice over injustice, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will pass away. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is partial will pass away. Right? Even of all the gifts that we have and prophecy, which we read earlier, is what we're to pursue the of all. It's only partial. Verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. He's equating all of our gifts to be functioning like a child. But when we're really attaining the level of love, the love of Yeshua, the perfect love of God, now poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, right? Romans 5.20. Then we have, matured, we have attained maturity. Just like we read in Ephesians 4, that there are these offices to equip us to what? The fullness of the maturity of stature of the Messiah. Verse 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. So even with all the gifts we have, even if we have gifts of knowledge, gifts of understanding, gifts of discernment, all of that vision is like looking into a mirror and it's dark and it's kind of musty and there's it's there's schmutz on it and you have to clean it. When we attain love and when we see the Lord more clearly in us and greater intimacy, then we're seeing face to face. For I, now I know in part, but then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. Right, which references 1 John 3, 1 through 3, where it talks about we will be fully known as we see him truly as he is. And all of us who have this hope in him purifies himself. So again, the focus is loving the Lord and drawing near to him. And then he distributes gifts as we desire them, but love being the paramount, the basis and the goal of all things. In verse 13, but now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So, the priority, the list of how we're to do things is love is at the top. Then we have faith and hope. And then the gifts come out. Prophecy being at the top of that list. As we continue, verse uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, pursue love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So it's not one or the other. It's just putting the priority. Love is first and then eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So it's not even a, a side thought. He's saying you should pursue this. You want this. Eager. Be eager for it. But love being first, but get, ask God for gifts. But especially that you may prophesy. And why prophecy? And it's also interesting to notice what is prophecy? We read in, in Revelation, if I'm not mistaken, is it 19? Where it says the testimony of Yeshua is the spirit of prophecy, right? We're we're glorifying Yeshua and saying he is seated at the right hand of the Father because now he is able to communicate us with us the, the spirit of God and what's on the Father's heart. 
Right now in the new covenant, all flesh has, is possible, has the ability to receive the Spirit of God. But we read in 1 Corinthians 14, 3, he says, But one who prophesies speaks to people for building up, urging on, and uplifting. So it's the ultimate of, altruist, of altruistic gifts. God, I want to build up. I want to urge. I want to urge on. I want to uplift. That's what prophecy does. Yeah, you can give these vague prophecies of God will do this and God will do that at some point, at some time, in some place. Maybe. But real pro- the essence of prophecy is, can I encourage people? How can I, how can I uh, say, yes, keep going? I want to urge you to continue, or this is the right path you should go because it'll go well for you. Prophecy is to be specific in the sense of urging on and encouraging and building up. It helps people. It blesses their spirits. And why do we do these things? We do them with love. We do them for love. We do them by love. All things that Yeshua did, for instance, he had all power in the universe. He did it because he loved people. Right? And how many times when it says in Scripture that Yeshua had compassion on people, therefore he fed them or he he healed them. You know, even when he saw his friend Lazarus uh, lying in the grave and he'd postponed coming, he said he wept, right? Because he had real emotion. He had real love for his for his friend, even though he 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 waited, even at the point where he started to smell. But he when he came there, he did it for the love of his friend to glorify God. Right? So even the love of God plays a part in it, not just the love for other people. We do these things because we love God and we love others. We've received that love. So all of this, what am I saying? I'm saying that I want to encourage everybody that each one of us should receive gifts. Now, there are many who would say that if you've been immersed in the Spirit, you have to speak in tongues. Um, I don't necessarily think so because it says it's a gift. Now, it seems to be the common theme within Scripture that when people are immersed, they do speak in different languages or different tongues, uh, but it doesn't have to be. And it's also, it's it's of no importance really unless people can interpret it. So I don't want anyone to have any pressure, but I do want to encourage you. And I and I shared this also in, in my congregation. Is that it's kind of, we've I've read this many times and I've heard people talk about it. And we ask God for various things in our lives, healings and and encouragement. And I also ask God uh, for gifts. Ask God for gifts, right? We have this. We are to pursue love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So of, of all things, that's the first thing. But is it the only thing you should be asking God for? I don't think so. Um, and it's here's this funny thing about the whole process is that you should ask the Spirit to guide you as to what you should ask for. What do I want to, what is the Spirit guiding me? And sometimes here's the thing, is that we receive gifts based on the season in our life, based on our maturity, right? God will, will entrust us with things when he can, in, when he can trust us. Our love, what is our level of love? What is our level of growth? How much are we like Yeshua? But it's not to say we're not, we have to wait for we're perfect in order to receive gifts. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that go to the Lord and say, what should I ask for? It's this funny thing we have with God. We ask the Spirit of God to guide us what we should pray for. And then we ask God through Yeshua for these gifts. It's very strange, but that's the way it is. So I would encourage you to ask for these things. And you can also consult with leadership. And talking with them, what do you think my gifts are? If you may have some, 
when talking about them, what do you think I should ask for? Sometimes it just comes through passion. You can find out what you're passionate about and then to be equipped to do those things. But remember, it doesn't have to be big and flashy. Uh, there are gifts, for instance, of help, of mercy, of love, of faith, right? These are things of even just wanting to serve. Oh, Lord, help me serve better, right? It may not be the flashiest things. Many people may not recognize it all the time. But each part of the body serves so that the body may prosper in God. And the head of the body, Yeshua, could be glorified. So there are a lot of different gifts. And each one plays its special part. So I would encourage you today, even talking with others, talking with your spouse, talking with friends, if you'd have different home groups, this can be a point of discussion, for instance, and even going home and journaling and praying about this. What gifts do I have? How am I using them? What gifts might I desire? What greater gifts would be really neat to have? Because frankly, there's also, it's, it's exciting when God gives us these gifts by his spirit. Uh, for instance, I've been uh, for functioning more in gifts of healings. I had, was met with a gentleman a couple, few weeks ago at my gym. And a long story short, as I prayed for him, right there in the, way, the, the foyer of the gym, and he was healed. And it was so clear to him that he almost started to cry. Um, it's a man from a Muslim country who's really open. He calls himself an agnostic. But I said, Yeshua, his power, he healed you today. And it was exciting. That's really exciting when the, God gives the gifts of healing and it's used to people to show the power of Yeshua, not just talk, not just belief, but real, demonstrable, palatable power. It's exciting. Or when even you see someone sweep the floors, for instance, because they know that's what God has called them to do, that's also exciting because you have this pleasure of God in using the gifts that he's given you for his glory and for the benefit of others. So all in all, there are many gifts that God wants to give us. And it's not wrong or selfish or strange to ask for these gifts because we're commanded, eagerly desire spiritual gifts with love at the top and love being the reason why we do these things and love being the goal to build up and, and to encourage because it can bear all things and endure all things and hopes all things and believes all things. That ask God for gifts and let him, you know, through you, uh, make your community stronger, make your uh, outreach uh, stronger, uh, as David, uh, Rabbi David says to your gospeling stronger, ministering to Jewish people. And he's saying, let me show you the gifts that I've received from, from God through Yeshua, the person that you're not supposed to believe in. Yeah, I've got gifts from him and I want to show you his power. I think it's really exciting. So I be encouraged, take some time and process these things. Uh, but it'd be really neat to hear uh, when I talk with David times where, uh, what gifts God has given, how he's using them. I think it's very exciting. So thank you. And I'd like to pray. And then that'll be it for me. So Father, thank you for these gifts. Thank you for your spirit. And we read in Ephesians 4 that Yeshua uh, took host a captive and distributed gifts as he ascended to the Father. And I pray you distribute these gifts to Tikvat Israel or to each individual, Lord, for your glory, for the building up of the body there, for the, for the purpose of their mission to reach the Jewish people, Lord, and the nations in Richmond. Uh, give gifts according to your will and increase their faith to receive these gifts and to use them 
according to your leading, Lord. Bless him first and foremost with great, great love and give gifts according to your will. Guide them how they should seek them and what they should seek. In Yeshua's name, amen. Thank you very much. Shabbat Shalom.